What's up, guys? Welcome back to Press Y. My name is Kelton Burns. And who am I? Yeah. Shit. (laughs) Who am I joined by today? (laughs) Hi, uh, it's me, Cameron Donahoe, uh, gamer extraordinaire. Cameron's jumping at the bit today. Sorry, I'm just very eager to talk to Kelton about video games. Let's get into today's episode. So, starting off with a small little piece of news that I thought I thought was interesting, personally. The PlayStation 5 has saw its first ever discount. This is coming from Monoprice. It dropped the cost down to 40, $449, so $50 off. This is just uh, the first time that the console has gone on sale. It's never really needed to go on sale, I don't think, before now. I don't even think it needs to go on sale now, necessarily, but uh, the sale saw uh, it sold out. And saw a spike in sales. So, yeah, the PlayStation 5 seeing its first price discount three years after release. thought that was kind of interesting. I think that's fucking awesome. I mean, that's a huge win for just all the, the gamers who are right on a budget, you know? Um, also, honestly, I recommend just going and stealing your PS5, right? I feel that way it's just free. I do not sponsor that. <laughs> recommendation why, why not why not man you don't openly endorse crime i, I don't no oh come on we gotta rise up come on gotta... let's eat the rich together i have a feeling that this sale is coming or came because we're on the verge a year or two away from the ps5 slim and maybe ps5 pro but uh but yeah 449 if you don't have a PS5, buy one. I know people are still waiting to buy this buy this console. It's it's my favorite console I own right now. Can't recommend it enough. Honestly, whenever I'm on the fence of buying a console, this is the exact moment that I wait for. The fucking the drop in price right before the next model comes out. Cause I like every time I play a console, like I've never been like, man, I really need that fucking PS4 Pro or the whatever Pro. You know, I like can't relate. It's nice. Huh? I I was a PS4 pro purchaser. Really? And you had a PS4 as well. I did. (laughs) Why? (laughs) Red Dead 2 was coming out. The only way to play it in 4K was if I bought a 4K TV and a PS4 pro. And I Mm. and I did that. I did just that. I bought both those things. Yeah. I think the PS5, if the PS5 Pro does ever come out, it'll maybe it'll have 8K support. I'd have to buy an 8K TV for that. Maybe GTA 6 will uh, motivate me to make that plunge. I mean, I, this could be a hot take. This could be just a me thing. But me personally, man, like, I I just, like, I rarely, like, need that updated model that gives me, like, slightly, slightly better graphics where I'm willing to just drop, like, a whole other fucking slightly. bag of change on... Uh, an entire console you know what i mean that's why this for us for us uh more frugal gamers man this is this is where this is the time this is our time in the this sun this is the time well whether you guys are waiting for the next console or whether you're you looking go out for and a steal your ps5 like disc- me. discounted console <laughs> the times are coming in 
And on the topic of new consoles, according to a new report from VGC, which cited anonymous development sources, a new Nintendo console is coming in the second half of next year. According to VGC, some key partner studios have already received their development kits for the device, whatever the next console is going to be. This console will reportedly be playable as a portable device, similar to the Switch, and will support cartridge-based games. It will feature an LCD screen, not an OLED screen, and Polygon has pointed out that this aligns with a Bloomberg report that recently stated that, a sh that Sharp is manufacturing LCD screens for a new unannounced gaming console. Nintendo president Shantaro Furukawa has said that Nintendo hopes to provide a smooth transition from the Switch to the new console. It is unclear whether the next console will be backwards compatible with the Switch or whether it will be called the Switch 2 or whatever it will be. We don't know that yet, but it looks like this, whatever the sequel to the Switch is, the next bag of tricks is coming from Nintendo maybe next year in the second half. Uh, and Interesting. I, I think it's about time for the for the next Nintendo console. I think the Switch. When I like, it's interesting because the first game I played on the Switch was Breath of the Wild. Absolutely adore that game. And then the last game I just played on the Switch was Tears of the Kingdom. Absolutely adore that game. But in both those games, it feels like it's pushing that device just to its absolute maximum capability. And I oh, would yeah. like to see a more stronger next gen device. Uh, with those developers i totally agree yeah the uh, i have absolutely adored my switch and i think i've like i've gotten my money and more out of it for sure i but, but it's just like it really shows its capabilities like the second you try to play a ported game or you play one of these newer games and they just like it is just barely hanging in there and like it, it is kind of a bummer because i feel like a lot of people kind of got a little scammed buying these ports expecting to have the same gaming experience because it is they're like it's advertised as like oh it's it's you can play the witcher on here you can play the outer worlds on here it's just like playing on the console and it, it, it if you're playing undocked and you're playing the witcher or outer worlds it looks horrible and it plays horrible so i think it is time for a new uh new console for sure what are your like for your uh What's your like dream new Nintendo console? What what do you want them taking this? Well, I think I'm in a unique place where I only I don't ever play my Switch docked. I actually don't even know where my dock is. I lost that thing a while back. I've never played a game on my Switch docked. Uh so Dude, Nintendo I recommend it. It's great. <laughs> Nintendo continues to be a handheld device for me coming off the 3DS and the DS Lite or whatever. My long chain of handheld Nintendo games. So I'm glad that it sounds like it's going to have that handheld capability. Uh, it'd be cool if they have a a way for it to be going on the TV for those gamers who only play it on their TVs, you know? Um, mm -hmm. I want them to have their, their plug as well. But I do like that instead of having the handheld console and the home console, it's kind of cool just having it all in one like that that the Switch I'm provided. I'm honestly a little sick of them having to, like, trying to have their cake and eat it, too. Like, they're trying to make this console that is valid as a handheld as well as one that is, like, a sit-down stationary console. And it's very clearly just being used as handheld. I don't I, – I, I could be wrong here, but the vast majority of every person I've talked to about their Switch 
plays it like a handheld. I think they should really just dedicate their time, like a majority, like that, how they've done in the past, like dedicate one team to making a good handheld because they're clearly very good at it, and then one team making a very dedicated uh, stationary console. They've shown that they can be incredible at both, you know, and like instead of like dividing their strengths amongst, they can like build on the the ones that are that make it good rather than like not making it strong enough to be like a, a, a traditional console, but still be handheld. I don't know, man. I feel like they could, they have potential to make two incredibly great consoles here without dividing any of their, uh, their value, you know? Yeah. I, I, I can see what, what you're saying for sure on like, you know, instead of yeah spreading it out, have two strong options, but I feel like having, it all on one console for either people who want to play at home or want to play handheld makes it so that you don't have to choose between the two when you're buying a console for those more frugal gamers out there who don't want to buy like a Wii U and a 3DS. And if you wanted to play the new Legend of Zelda that just came out, it's like, oh, well, it came out for Wii U and I have a 3DS, I can't play that. It's like with the Switch, you know, no matter what Nintendo game is coming out, as long as you have this singular one device you can play that game so. i agree i just think it's 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 causing like them to hold back on what they are able to do with their games because it has to deal with the limitations of the hardware and i think so long as they have this kind of like switch format they're always going to have to deal with that and they're never going to be on the cutting edge of uh like uh performance i guess um as well as like they they've shown that they can do really interesting and uh cool mechanical things uh with a stationary console i mean the whole like Wii is built around that concept and so it'd be cool to have them like really flex their bag about like with with that kind of uh format you know it's interesting that you're this is reminding me i was just reading an article on how Gotham Knights is going to only run at 30 frames per second on consoles, despite being a PS5 and Xbox Series X slash X exclusive. And developers pointed to the Series S as being an albatross around the neck of production that is kind of sparking frustration for developers where they have to make sure the game can run on the Series S. Who fucking wrote that? Robert Frost? <laughs> Jeez, what, kind of, what kind of metaphor game is that? That's that's wild. <laughs> another another <laughs> said, this generation of gaming is being hamstrung by that potato. Uh, these quotes are coming from Lee Denevald from Rocksteady. Yeah, <laughs> this guy is in so, the stew, bro. It's kind of reminded me of the, like the Xbox Series X and S. You know, you kind of have a similar situation here where you have a a next truly next gen console that stands neck and neck with the PS5 with the X. Then you have an S, which is kind of like a a mid step, not all the way next gen, still kind of has its foot in the in the past, but can run every game that the X can run. But that's that putting a true. lot of technological limitations on developers and what they can have their games be running. So yeah, I mean it's mm. interesting interesting uh debate there. But I feel yeah. like Cameron. Thanks, man. I'm glad someone someone hears me i feel seen you are heard and seen thanks, buddy thanks man i wanted to look at the latest financial report from nintendo which revealed their top 10 highest selling switch games since the console came out 
And I was kind of wondering, Cameron, if you could guess any of these top 10. Highest ever selling Switch games? Top 10 highest selling Switch games. Oh, fuck. Um, do I get a treat if I get them? Nah. Ugh. You just you get a treat motivated. Bragging, you get bragging rights. <laughs> oh, yes. Uh, a, a metaphorical treat. Mm. Um, let's see here. The highest selling. So I'm going to go with Breath of Wild, obviously. I'm going with uh, Mario Odyssey. Get those big hitters out of the way. Um, I I want to say some JRPG. I want to say like I think Dragon Quest did pretty big. This is your first wrong answer. <laughs> okay, no Dragon Quest on there. Oh, uh, fuck, fuck, man. Um, well, uh, like, what percentage of these are just like Mario? <laughs> Um, let's see. Out of the top ten, like Mario's in the game or it's like a Mario game? It's like a like Mario Mario is in the name of the game. That includes like Mario Party, Mario Kart. Uh oh, Smash. Smash is clearly up there. Forty percent of these games have Mario in the name. That's what I'm that's what I'm saying, man. Um okay, so Mario Kart, the the newest Mario Party, um Smash, uh I'm gonna show me <laughs> Luigi Mansion three. Alright, alright, alright. You you've guessed uh, like over fifty percent, but how about just try to guess the top three? Uh I'm gonna say uh Mario Kart. I mean no, I'm gonna say Smash uh, Breath of the Wild and Mario Odyssey. One of those is correct. The highest oh. selling Switch game of all time is Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, which I thought it was interesting because this game originally came out in 2014 for the Wii U and then was re-released in 2017 for uh, the Switch. But yeah, 55.46 million units, which puts it 13 million, which is significantly higher than the second highest selling Switch title, which is Animal Crossing New Horizons. Came out in Animal Crossing. What am I thinking? A new Mario Kart game is overdue. Oh, absolutely. I totally agree. I mean, that was a Wii U game, wasn't it? Yeah, that's that's what I was saying. It originally came out in 2014. I mean, technically, Breath of the Wild was a Wii U game too, as well. So (laughs) that's not even. Those aren't even Switch exclusives. It's true. Um. Yeah. I mean, Nintendo. Dude, I should have thought of Animal Crossing because, like, once the fucking plague came around everyone was trying to get a little bit of cute and cozy outdoorsy time with animal crossing what with their friends it's a perfect pandemic game basically so that that makes a lot of sense why that was the top three i'm just gonna run through the rest of these games uh so it goes mario kart 8 deluxe animal crossing new horizons super smash bros ultimate the legend of zelda breath of the wild super mario odyssey pokemon sword and shield pokemon scarlet and violet super mario party the legend of zelda tears of the kingdom and new Super Mario Bros. U Deluxe, which is another sw- uh, uh, Wii U re-release. That is nuts. That is nuts that there's so many Wii U games in the top ten. I mean, it just goes to show that like that ga- that console was fucking awful. I I mean, I guess it just was horribly marketed because clearly there was good games, but not p- people were just not playing them. Yeah, yeah. I I, I don't know anyone who bought a Wii U. And now it's, like, impossible to, to find one. Score, as it should be. 
They should. I bought them all, and I buried them in a very big hole. That's why it's so hard to find them. Because I'm good at hiding my holes. I bought the Wii U Animal Crossing game just to own it. I've never played it, though. That's such a weird thing to buy something. That's the kind of person you're dealing with, buddy. (laughs) We are very different. uh, Like We budget how we spend our money on video games very differently. I'm holding a pen in my hands right now that is also a knife. That's sick, man. I'm... I'm not holding a pen that's also a knife. So, I mean, who's to say who's smarter with their money, I guess? On the topic of money and financial information, Capcom's recent report has revealed that Resident Evil 2 Remake has overtaken Resident Evil 7 to become the highest-selling Resident Evil game in franchise history. I think this is awesome because Resident Evil 2 Remake is phenomenal, and I didn't even realize that Resident Evil 7 was the previous title holder there, which is my favorite Resident Evil game. So just big wins all around that two of the best Resident Evil games are selling well. You want to hear a little naughty secret, Gilm? I guess, Cameron. I, I've, uh, I've actually never played a Resident Evil game, not even once. You should start with 7. Uh, that's interesting because every time I've talked about like not seeing a movie series, they're like, "Dog, you should watch the seventh one first. That's where it gets. That's where you should really start your time." Well, I say seven because seven's like a soft reboot, and it's very unrelated to the rest of the series. There is like a little tie-in where you see a cameo at the very end of the game, mm. but it's a completely new character unrelated to the previous lore. So I think it's a good entry point. And it's also, I really like the Louisiana Swamp Horror-esque-ness. first person, which is different. Uh, and then if you wanted to hop into Resident Evil 2 Remake after that, I think that's another really good jumping into point because they didn't fully remake one, but the 2 Remake is pretty accessible and it's all another good entry point where you get introduced to a new cast of characters that, uh, you know, that eventually throughout the Resident Evil lore do become mainstays and huge like characters within the franchise but you you meet them for the first time in the second game so that's cool I would man. Say both um, of these games good entry points i definitely uh am i i've seen a lot of like trailers and gameplay and i've seen friends play these games and whatnot they never like really really hooked me until resident evil 7 um and with the new kind of like remakes that have been going on with capcom being so successful with their just almost every game they've been releasing in the past like five years, just making nothing but really good titles. It's made me want to play these remakes and made me want to dive into this, uh, give Resident Evil a bit of a shot. So I, I'll give you, a, I'll, I'll definitely take you up on that. I'll, I'll definitely have to play some Resident Evil 7 at some time. Let's do it, man. That'd make, make me very happy. On the topic of happiness, <laughs> Hasbro and Activision are not happy with each other. Because during San Diego Comic-Con, a Hasbro spokesperson was asked about the idea of re-releasing older Transformer games. They responded that Activision has lost the code for these games amidst their many acquisitions. And in response, Activision CCO Lulu Chang Messervi took to Twitter in response to say they never lost the code and that those claims are all false. So yeah, I don't know what, what the deal is with all that, but maybe we'll see some old Transformers games coming to Game Pass or PS Plus soon. Because I guess That'd be cool. the code is out there. I had never really played... I think I, maybe I played a Transformers movie like license game when one of the first Michael Bay movies <laughs> came out. That sounds awful. 
You know, I remember getting what I uh, what I paid for. I got to run around, big robots. I know there's like one fairly recent Transformers game that was like really cool. I think it's Transformers Devastation. Um, it's got like a pretty unique art style. I'm pretty sure this is the one. Um, I remember it getting like really good reviews and really interesting me. Uh, but that's literally the only Transformer media outside of the movies that I've been like, oh man, this is I gotta I gotta get into this for sure. I guess the I've never read the comic books, but yeah, I've never really been a big Transformers nut, unfortunately. Me neither. I did read one comic run that was a Ghostbusters Transformers crossover comic, and there's like a ghost uh, Autobot or something. That's sick. Yeah, it was, it was uh, interesting. Uh, if you were to like, if you were to release the next Transformers game, what kind of game is it? What kind of game is it? Maybe like a like a racing game, like a battling racing game. Oh, dude, that's a genius idea. That'd be sick. Yeah, I feel like yeah, that'd be it, cool. It, yeah, that would be really cool. You can. You could like oh if it was like Burnout, dude. If they made a Burnout but Transformers, I would play that immediately. Million dollar idea, folks. There you go. Me and Cameron yeah. credit us. <laughs> You're welcome. Next topic, Baldur's Gate three sex. Let's get back into it, Cameron. <laughs> yes, Baldur's please. Gate three was just released on PC this week. It's coming soon to PS five next month. In the game, love and sex are a big part of the story. We previously talked about how you can have sex with druids while they're in bear form or whatever. Mm-hmm. But this game's co-op. You can play with up to four of your friends. Um, and Bro, you can pipe down the homies? Let's go. You cannot engage in private moments with your fellow co-op players. Oh, you what? can, in the game, toggle whether there is nudity in your cutscenes or whatever, genitals being visible or not. Very interesting. And by default, it hides your private moments from your fellow co-op party members so like if me and you were playing and i engaged in the bear sex it would by Mm. default hide that moment from you you wouldn't see it happen i would see it happen but i could go in my menu and choose to share my private moments with you and then you would be able to see the shenanigans i'm getting up to with the npcs (laughs) if you so desired that is a weird amount of custom i mean that's an interesting amount of customizability with (laughs) with the, the sex mechanics of this game that uh that not a lot of studios are willing to put the thought and time into. So I respect that, Lariat. Is that that's who made it? Or wait, it is Lariat, right? I believe so. Larian. So if we're bad. we're playing together, you uh you sharing your private moments, Cameron? Or you are keeping those to yourself? I mean, I feel like it's almost weirder to keep it to myself, you know, cuz it's not like I don't need it's not just two bros I don't need it for sitting myself. in silence watching your character bang a a bear. <laughs> like, like it's, it just weird. seems kind of like a lose-lose situation <laughs> if i'm sharing this with people they know i'm sharing it if i'm keeping it myself it it seems like there's some kind of secret that i'm trying to keep here <laughs> i gotta go on my phone cameron's having a private moment <laughs> i don't know man i'm just I, I might just like keep my head down uh and try to not fuck as many <laughs> I'm trying to fuck the least amount of bears as I can on on my first playthrough at the least. Maybe I'll have a bear fucking run. Cameron's been sitting over there with that speech bubble above his head next to the bear for a really long time. <laughs> That's so weird. I wonder what's going on. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm excited for Baldur's Gate 3. I don't know if I'm going to play co-op. It sounds like it would be a really fun game to play co-op, and I love playing through co-op campaigns. Uh, so maybe maybe that'll be uh, up up next on the Kelton playlist. It's weird that you say that because this is one of the first games in a very long time where I've been genuinely excited to run it strictly co-op through like a campaign. Oh, really? Like Yeah, this is one of the few games in a very long time where I've been like, man, th- this is wildly different with my boys than with uh, just by myself. So, uh, yeah, I, I think there's a lot to be had here with a, with a co-op run. Personally. There's lots of stuff to be had in this game. Uh, yes. Uh, a very, very fleshed out game, that's for sure. On to the next, <laughs> next piece of flesh. Video yeah. Games Chronicle. Now this... This is a this is a loosey goosey little piece of news here, okay? Mm. There's like a lot of a lot of loosey goosiness going on here. Video Games Chronicle has reported that a Reddit user who has been verified by the Gaming Leaks and Rumors subreddit to be a former Virtuos employee has claimed that Virtuos is working on an Oblivion remake using the Unreal Engine 5 slated for a 2024 or 2025 release. Now, take that with an absolute grain of salt, guys, but I really like Oblivion. It's one of my favorite games I've ever played. I actually am, you know, the hot take that I like Oblivion more than Skyrim. And that might just be because I played Oblivion first. And so just experiencing that Elder Scrolls world for the first time and how amazing all that is. I experienced that all with Oblivion. So when I went into Skyrim, it was like, okay, I already know what's going on here. I already know, like, I need to find the Thieves Guild or the Dark Brotherhood first. Like, I already... And I had played through Oblivion several times, too. So it was like... I was I was going in more of a veteran. So Skyrim didn't have the, the new shiny coat of paint that I'm sure that it has for some people who hop into Elder Scrolls for the first time with that game. So I'm really excited for Oblivion Remake. I would love to try to feel that feeling again and explore that little piece of uh of elder scrolls because i think it's it has a lot to offer and i i really liked uh, the story overall i did you ever play oblivion <sighs> yeah i did uh i played i played oblivion i really really liked it uh but i also played it at like such a young age like the the time gap in between when i played oblivion and when i played skyrim was so significant that I I was like, 11 yeah and i was probably like 15 or so when i played skyrim uh it, w- it was just it's so wildly significant that like it was like it's almost unfair to compare the two because i was like so fucking young and dumb playing oblivion being like oh my god this is like one of the first rated m games i've ever played it was like way 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 too many new things for me to like judge it fairly you know hmm. um so it I, I like I want to like I've gone back and like given a couple run throughs and stuff and it's just like I don't know man it it definitely it doesn't seem to quite scratch that itch that uh that Skyrim does for me personally um I don't know what it is it might just be that it, it looks like Skyrim already looks kind of bad uh nowadays and then there Oblivion just takes it to a whole other level uh, I don't know I just uh, there's a disconnect there for me for some reason well maybe this game will look nice when it, if it, if it is remade, if any of this is even real, well, yeah, but it's not. It's more so like it's less. Obviously, just the graphics is a really big deal, but the like it's like the blocky voice acting and kind of like janky way you just go about the world and whatnot, and like the people just don't feel like people. They like very feel very much so feel like fucking 
video game characters, and that definitely like takes me out of it quite a bit. I can I can see where you're coming from. Mm-hmm. And that's just kind of how a lot of Bethesda games were back then. It's just like it wasn't very like uh, I want to say like organic, I guess. Like like more natural feeling dialogue and whatnot. I hope that Elder Scrolls Six is even less like that like that i hope they make significant steps in that department as well i hope it gets jankier personally i hope everyone's <laughs> just t-posing and flying everywhere they just they <laughs> when you uh when they talk you get like that dsl connection sound <laughs> that'd now, be sick before we get out of here because we're, we're nearing the end i wanted to do this little thing where i looked at what game came out this month 20 years ago but 20 years ago in august all we got was Madden NFL 2004. So I decided to go 25 years ago. And you know what we got, Cameron? Hmm. Madden NFL 98. Oh. We also got GoldenEye 007, Shadow Warrior, Mega Man X4, and Imperialism. So 25 years ago in 1998, they were served a banger dish of games, especially compared to 20 years ago. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Hell so yeah, guys. yeah. Now you guys have that little information of what happened, Word. what games were released 25, 25 years, years ago. ago. Hey, that's All almost right. when I was born. Kind of. Almost kind of. Well, guys, thanks one, for joining us. One year and like five days away. This is episode like, four. Episode four, baby. We fucking did it. And a little bonus announcement. Me and Cameron will be at PAX West, and we are going to be interviewing a lot of uh, developers and stuff there and hopefully we'll be bringing you guys some cool little scoops yeah the the spiciest scoops so yeah awesome have a good week guys thanks for tuning in again goodbye gamers see you next time sleep sleep nice sleep tight sleep hard (laughs) stay hard gamers who's gonna carry the boats